You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. So here we are, winding down 2021, looking forward to 2022. Uh, It's been quite the year here at Sexy Marriage Radio Broadcast Studios. Right. (laughs) Coming to you from our den in our house. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a studio. It's a studio. It is a studio. It's the same place every episode, pretty much, except for those at the getaway have been recorded from. Um, But... As, as we make the transition, Pam, um, there's a lot of things that I think people do when it comes time to uh, ring in a new year and and make preparations for whatever the next next goals or paths are. And one of the ones mm-hmm. we've always done the last several years, at least, that we've talked about on the show is the three words, um, goal or path. Yes. That rather than a New Year's resolution, uh, we pick three words. Sometimes you just pick one or two, and that just kind of helps set the focus for the year. Yeah. And so this is just a little bit of a head start for those of you that are members of the SMR Nation that have done this with us. Um, we'll be talking about that probably the first show of 2022. We'll, we'll spend just a little bit of time on that because I think it's worth bringing people back up to speed. I thought you were going to throw it on me right now. And oh, I no, haven't no. gotten mine yet. And I was like, I don't are either. you kidding me? I, I have six words right now as ones that have kind of percolated to the top. All right, so you got to narrow that and down. And so the, that's the point, is I'll spend the next couple of weeks before the 2022 officially gets rolling, narrowing it down to figuring out, okay, what are the ones that really do resonate the most on setting a path for where we go as a, as a show, where we go as a business, where we go as a family, where we go as a marriage, where I go. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those that's kind of offshoots of all of it. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, where... As you could tell, we talk about whatever's going on to, based on the calendar and based on what's going on in the nation. Mm-hmm. And the way the nation lets us know is they, you got a couple different options. You can call us, 214-702-9565. You can email, email us, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can even jump on the my.smrnation.com platform. It's free to join. There's deeper levels in there that are for members only mm-hmm. and group members and such or course members. But there's lots of great dialogue that's going on. There's several comments and conversations that have gone on in the last two weeks' episodes. Right. Um, and so jump in, because what we're trying to do is create a, a, an exceptionally supportive, uh, helpful, safe space that everybody contributes. Right. And everybody has a voice. And all voices are welcome. Right. Because that's where we all get better. Mm-hmm. And another way you can get better in 2022 is you come to Indy with us in June. Yeah, come to the getaway. June 23rd yeah. through the 25th are the official dates mm-hmm. of, of the time together uh, in Indianapolis. And signups are going on now. smrnation.com forward slash getaway is where you can learn more, reserve your spot. Uh, we will sell out. We have yeah. every year. But it's a cool town. Go spend some time before and be after if you want. Uh, just the two of you. It is, it is a real... It's a cool area. Right. And so we, we definitely hope you come and join us because uh, it's a fun four days together yeah. with members of the nation. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, well, you know what? Actually, Pam, Christmas time, 
Everybody gets the whole show today. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so let me just set the stage of where we're going. Okay. We haven't done this in a while. So to start off in the regu- in the the for today's show, I almost went regular version because it's mm-hmm. just a, it's rote Cabin. in that memory now, yep. right? Um, I'm, we've done, haven't done this in quite a while, but I've got a quiz, a sex ed quiz for my wife oh. to see how she does. And, and going into the holiday season, let's see how everybody does. Okay. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can at least pass it. <laughs> I have. I'm going to go into it being optimistic. I have high hopes, fearful. baby. Yeah. Okay. And then we've got several uh, emails, a voicemail, uh, and just some things that have come in and have been on the queue. So we've got a lot of different places we're going to go today. Cool. And so all that is coming up on today's show. Okay, Pam. So get your thinking hat on. Okay. It's always on. I realize that. I know who I'm married not to. Not always. Not always. Mm. But 99% of the time. There, that, all right. Let's that's roll. always in my book. All right. So here's question number one. Okay. Okay. We'll start fairly easy. Wait, are these multiple choice? Or Most of them will open-ended? be yes or no, true, false. Okay. Uh, the ones that are multiple choice, I will give you the choices. Okay. So none are fill in the blank. Okay. Okay. So are vagina and vulva the same thing? Yes or no? No. Correct. Number two, is every female born with a hymen? Yes or no? Yes. That one actually is a no. Really? It is. Okay. Number three. I guess every always rules out because everybody <laughs> may not be born with a pinky. <laughs> <laughs> There's exceptions to a lot of different things. That is true. Um, and that's some of the test taking strategies right there. there we we try to teach our kids. Look at the wording of Does things. Does it say every always? Right. All right. Number three. How many holes does the female reproductive system, as in the vulva, have? One, two, three, or four? Holes? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just thinking the one, but what am I, what am I missing here? Um, I'm going to say two. You're right. It's two. It has two because there's the urethra that that's where your urine passes by. And then there's the vagina. Well, you said, oh, okay. I'm thinking reproductive, but the urethra is not reproductive. No, but it's part of the vulva. Okay. So again, read the English. Part of the female genitalia. Read the English. I tell my... Okay. Read the English in the question. Here's a multiple choice for you. Number four. Okay. Which part of the vulva gets aroused or engorged when a female is turned on? Clitoris, uterus, labia, or vagina? Well, clit. Right. A. There's also a part B on this one, I think, too, because the labia. Sure. uh, That's the analogous to a penis, both of those Mm -hmm. where the engorgement is the blood flow and they increase in size. Yep. Number five, which out of these is the least sensitive part of a female body? Butt, back, side boob, ears, or all of the above? How can it be all of the above in a least? I'm thinking... It's the ears. Actually, it's the side boob. As opposed to my front boob. 
That wording is, that English is not good. So the side of the breast? Yes. Okay. Yes, the side of the breast. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're all spectacular my, as a breast man <laughs> speaking myself. It so sounds like, number well, seven. two in the front and two on the side <laughs> and two in the back. Number seven. Why is it important for someone with a vagina to pee after sex? This is multiple choice. It reduces the chance of a pregnancy. It prevents UTIs. It makes sure that you don't get an STD or it prolongs your orgasm. It helps with um, preventing UTIs. Correct. And that's in for sev- for lots of women, that can be an incredibly important step. Yeah. And, and UTI, if you don't know what that is, a urinary tract infection. Also known as the hun- honeymoon. Yes. Because uh, the girls infection. are afraid to get out of bed after sex. And- or it's there's something new because if you waited until you, you got married to have sex, it's a whole new realm going on down there with lots of sex all of a sudden. And so... Gotcha. UTIs happen a lot on honeymoons or at, yep. or right after. Yep. yep. Okay. Number eight. Is there a safe time of the month when a woman can't get pregnant with from unprotected sex? Yes or no? <laughs> well, I should know this like a hundred percent, but I would say that I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with this answer. But I would say that yes, there is a time. That would like be a right no. There's not a time. There's not a time. There's not a time. Okay. And the reason is we'll get to in just a second because there will be a question that I think will tie this yeah. together. Again, when it comes to the 100%, that's always. Correct. Come on. Number nine, females are born with a lifetime supply of eggs. True or false? Lifetime supply? Yeah, when they're born, they have all the eggs. They, they, won't, they won't make more. It's basically what the question's asking, true or false. Oh, that's true, isn't it? That is true. Yeah. Because they're actually, by the time puberty hits, well, they say what science researchers have found is they think there's around approximately a million eggs when you're born. I would say that's a lifetime supply. <laughs> it's a lifetime. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, they'll, they'll, it'll lose, over the course of the reproductive lifetime, they'll release or ovulate roughly 300 to 400. Yeah. Okay, so number 10, we got like three more to go. Number 10, only guys have nocturnal emissions, also known as wet dreams. True or false? False. Correct. Number 11, ejaculated sperm can live in a woman's body for up to five days. True or false? Five days. I'm going to say that's true. That is true. And that is why there's not a time in a woman's reproductive cycle that she can't get pregnant. Yeah, I'm with you. Because they they can last, and it's just, it's fascinating. They're swimmers. That's exactly it. Okay. All right, and then the last one. Actually, there's two more. Um, You can fracture a penis, true or false? True. That is true. So that's where you got to be very careful while the while a erect penis does not, it's not a bone, so it's not actually a fracture, but you do, it can really create an issue with the two cylinders in the penis that's responsible for erection. Okay. Right. That that's where the engorgement happens mm-hmm. and that tissue can get, and that the fibers can get damaged, which is called a fracture. Interesting so, that they use the word fracture, yep. but so okay. you might want to watch out, be, be, be careful. That and, sounds and, terrible. Yes, it, yes, it does. <laughs> and then number 13, you need to have regular erections to keep your penis from shrinking. True or false? False. 
That is true. Is that right? That is true because the skin tightens up. Okay. Because it's think of it. Sure. Anything that's not being stretched regularly. Sure. Will shrink a little bit. Sure. So, our wish for you this holiday season: <laughs> keep them regular. All right, that's a good one to end on. Hi there. Um, I am curious about um, divorces when the previous partner is now homosexual. My husband and I have been married for about six months, and his previous spouse came out as homosexual while they were married. We have had challenges co-parenting, not from a judgment or any other standpoint, but from a, my stepson's mother appears as though she has some significant previous hurt in her world. I'm just curious if you guys have any advice regarding co-parenting with a homosexual relationship when the primary parents are heterosexual. My husband and I take it very seriously that we are responsible for showing what a positive heterosexual relationship looks like, but how do we balance that with being respectful to my stepson's mother and her relationship? So... Just, I've been binge listening to you guys. I love you guys, and I would love your feedback. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. So there's some hot-button topics in this one. Sure. But I think the answer can apply. It's just going to be different to varying degrees. Okay. The same kind of answer, because co-parenting, regardless of circumstances, co-parenting. That's the idea of there's a different rule structure in one person's house Mm-hmm. one parent's house than there is in in the others. Yeah, it's going to be difficult in any situation. And so she's already on the right track in a lot of ways by how do we navigate this proactively? Mhm. And respect the 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 other household. And that's the other big component of it is first off it's there's dignity and respect mm-hmm. in it as human beings and as different mm-hmm. uh, roles that each of them play. But there's also an element of, you know, what when we got our side of the of the aisle that's what we're going to, we're going to follow the rules of our side of, our, of the aisle and our preferences or all, or, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And so a lot of times what I've seen with the families I've worked with over the years that this has come up or the couples is there's some reprogramming, debriefing in a sense of, of an adjustment period time. Like when a kid's been over at the parent's house, that's a lot more loose or a lot more strict or just a different structure. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the families I've come across that have done this the best, they've given about a day to allow a kid to reacclimate. <laughs> to, right, to, which, which could get tiring over time because every time they come back, you know, if you're flipping weeks or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, it's every time. But it's already tiring in the in the best of scenarios yeah. because of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Because co-parenting in that kind of separate household you know, structure is, is difficult mm-hmm. in the best of circumstances. Um, that's why for a little while there, for the couples that could afford it, they started a whole process called nesting, where the parents changed the house, not the kid. <laughs> the parents just swapped out. Kids lived in the same house the mm-hmm. whole time. Right. So it's consistent. But they're them. still different 
rules and values and, and things that come in with that that right. are still adjusting. So they, right. they would give a little bit of a, a breather mm-hmm. in a sense of don't just come down harsh right away of now you're back in my rules and, you know, mm-hmm. give a little adjustment, have a conversation with the kids, particularly when you know they're older and they grasp it more. But then when you add in a different factor, like she's describing of um, a parent, a co-parent is now in a same-sex relationship. Mm-hmm. So she's asking the right questions from what I'm hearing of, we want to value her. We may not agree with her, right? but we want to value her and treat her with respect and dignity. And that's what you do. That's what you do because that, that's then what gets modeled mm-hmm. to the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to say that what they're doing is something you agree with. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be a point where you have those conversations yep. about relationships, about um, what you believe is right and wrong and have those as straightforward conversations. But those conversations can be had. I mean, you, you can, you can do those it with an, from integrity and with mm-hmm. love involved in it. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the premise of, um, even in a, a two parent, household like you know our situation mm-hmm. we still have things where we don't completely agree on things yeah and it, it can be civil and respectful and it works it doesn't work itself out necessarily cleanly all the time but yeah. it still doesn't have to spiral right out of control but the big question i'll hear from a lot of people when they hear this voicemail mm-hmm. is yeah but that's a completely different moral framework mm-hmm. it is and so the, that then makes me start to think the question I would hear is, but how do I get my kids to accept and choose my values right, of what I want? That's what every parent wants in right. some regards. If I want them to follow the moral framework I've got to, because it's worked for me. So I mm-hmm. want them to do it too. I want to instill Christian values or mm-hmm. love or service or mm-hmm. biblical teachings, whatever it is mm-hmm. that, that, has, that you hold dear. And the thing I keep coming back to on this concept, Pam, is the idea that values are caught far more than they are taught. Right. So they, they're going to do it based on your actions, not based off of what you tell them. Right. So, Which this is why I applaud the way she's asking this question, because mm-hmm. she's trying to do it in a respectful manner, which sounds like it's the values they want to instill in their kids. Right. Is I want to still be respectful of people that I may not agree with their choices. Right. But they're still a person. Right. And I can respect that. And the kids, even though, I mean, you go through, I don't remember, she didn't say what how old the kiddo is. No, that she, she did not. Um, I mean, you think of the, the cycle that the kids go through and, um, you know, there's always that piece of the journey where it feels like they're not listening to a thing we say or they're giving pushback or whatever, but you know, they're, they're listening. So I guess it's just that, um, stamina to stick with your, with you living from integrity. Yeah. Um, for them to see that and continue to just see you respecting them as they struggle with it. Cause they're, it, the reality is they're going to struggle with which, which parent do I listen to? Which is right. Mm-hmm. Um, can I, how how do I how do I decipher? Because your kid is in a 
totally different scenario than mm-hmm. you ever will be. And you're never going to be able to understand that. No, but that's where I think you start to challenge your framework of which one is right versus how am I an ally or an advocate or a support for my kid to, uh, age appropriately? Yeah. Right. Because there's elements as they get older, um, like in, in our case right now with our kids being teenagers, mm-hmm. there's big sections of time where it feels like we've just been dismissed as parents. Mm, right? Definitely. Yeah, you're not needed anymore. I've got this, mom and dad. Definitely. Like, oh, oh, okay. So that's t- that's where you have to look at it is this isn't about right because if I want to get in there, I'm creating a big fight at that point. Right. And, there, and that's, that's not going to help anything. Totally. I mean, gosh, I've been ready to just say, get the heck out of my house. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but But there's just that element of the stance I take matters and I give latitude to let people struggle and let people wrestle with stuff to mm-hmm. figure stuff out because that's where we grow in my desire your desire of us wanting to no 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 I still want to impart stuff I still want to we got to wrestle with no all we can do is influence all we can do is question ask good yep. questions all we and then that's kind of the same thing I think you do in co-parent situations yep you be a support you be a helper you ask, how can I cheer you on? How can I help you in the things as they're older? But then there's also the elements of living what I'm trying to instill. Yeah, That's the main component of it. An email came in that says, I'm a big fan of the show. I've been listening to the podcast for years and have recommended it to friends and even relatives. So thank you for that. So how do you get out of a bedroom rut or slump? My wife and I seem to be in one now. We're in a stressful period of life, three teenagers, three different schools, three different sports, a mom with Alzheimer's, getting my mom's house fixed up to rent out, my wife's booming but super busy business, super busy business, buying some investment real estate, etc. Man, I'm tired just reading that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, the stress has caused friction between us and not the good kind. This is spilled into the bedroom. I f- I'm feeling like I'm not getting much action because there's always something more urgent. Our last three encounters, I failed to perform. I had uh, premature ejaculation twice, and I lost my erection the third. I know that it's just the bad combination of overexcitement and performance anxiety, but how do we get out of this rut? I can sense that my wife has a lot of pent-up stress. I think she needs a good release of tension, the kind that loud sex with multiple orgasms can provide. I told her so, and she didn't disagree, but the planets must be aligned for that. Kids out of the house and both of us in the right frame of mind, a tough tough combination. And then we both feel so much pressure, me as the pursuer and she as the pursued. Ah, thanks. This is a tough season. And yeah, they're going through a lot. There, yeah, there are a lot going on. There are a lot of things going on. And on a larger scale for other people in the audience, there's a lot that's going on. I'm seeing a lot of the, uh, the malaise of uh, pandemic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety, fear associated with it that is kind of manifesting itself in this. Um, it's not quite apathy, but it's close mm-hmm. in a lot of people. And so I hear this as, okay, so they can come together with their combinations, with their with their conversations on this. So they've recognized sex is a good uh, avenue for support, avenue for relief, avenue for connection, Release of tension, all mm-hmm. the different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's already a good marker because some couples yeah. would have the, even the initiation of that conversation would just add a shutdown. Yeah, that's all you think about. I can't do this. I'm too stressed. Yeah, whatever the case may be. Right. So 
how do you get out of the rut is oftentimes one person has to lead it and it's not necessarily in the bedroom because far too often what happens is couples try to get caught in this whole, okay, we got to break out of this sexual rut. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, it's usually led by the higher desire as is the case here. Mm-hmm. And even when you got your other partner, your, your spouse is on board and recognizes the value of it. It's not high enough up the hierarchy of importance for them to be on board to make it easy. Yeah, not with everything else going on. Right, because just there's all these other tensions out there that are warring against you that are very easy to invade between you Mm -hmm. rather than seeing it as, no, we're aligned against this. So if I want to break out of a rut, I have to break out of that rut, which often means I change the way I interact with my spouse. I change the way I interact with my world. I do the things that bring life or joy or relief or fun or passion or whatever it might be. And then I also do it in the whole element of foreplay for foreplay and in foreplay. Okay. Okay. What does that really mean? So it's the idea of how I interact with my spouse and the sec with the sexual energy realm. Mm-hmm. That's the foreplay for foreplay. That's the comments that I, where you can have these conversations where you agree you're in, you're in line with it. Like, yeah, that would be really good. And so when you see her come home and she's wigging out, and she's rubbing her neck because it's just so sore. And you're like, I've got the perfect remedy for that. A multiple orgasm, loud, wake the neighbor's night. And that could, that might bring a little bit of a smirk like your face is right mm-hmm. now. That's a boost of energy. That's a different okay. thing to the rut. Okay. Because too often we think, how do I get out of a sexual rut means it just takes place sexually. Right. You make that comment playfully as opposed to... We really just need to have more sex. Right. You know, or something right. like that. No, that's, absolutely. That's when you're stressed about it. Right. I have the magic okay. elixir okay. that will solve this dilemma when mm. you're interested or when it you're ready. It may work. It may not. It if may she's not. in a bad mood, it may not. But if you're playful about it and you handle her reaction if it's negative, well, you just keep right on going. Yeah. And that changes the dynamic. That changes the rut. Yeah. And this is all built off of the premise that Schnars has that the... the what we do in our foreplay sets the level of depth that we'll have in our intercourse actions, in our sex actions, mm-hmm. right? Because if I think about it, I'm setting up what's going to happen in bed by how I'm doing my day to day in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's recognizing, all right, I can't just go to the end of this conclusion of how do I change this up? I got to change it up beforehand too. Yeah. So, Add a little layer of of fun or passion or enjoyment that brings a breath of air to the situation. Take her away for a cup of coffee where it's not going to be sex that night necessarily, but it's a break together. And it's a chance to breathe. And it's a chance because a lot of times, tell me if I'm wrong for this, if a lower desire wife has all these other things inundating her, Sometimes she just needs a little less of that pressure on her to get a few, a bigger reminder of, yeah, that does provide a lot of good for me. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets some things a little more percolating. Mm-hmm. And then you just follow that through. Mm-hmm. This is an email that came in from a husband that says, I'm so angry right now. My wife and I had a, had a discussion about two Saturdays ago, and we'd agreed to have sex every other Sunday with the opposite being some sort of sensual time in bed. So this Sunday came, and by no fault of her own, because she was on her period, I made all of my moves sex coupons early in the week and sexy texts on Sunday. She's entering menopause, and just when she thought she had 
it had ended on Saturday. Nope. So he went to bed and I massaged her breasts. I enjoyed it. I enjoy this, but when she doesn't feel it or get into it, it just feels empty. So we were in bed. I roll over because I'm getting no reciprocation from her. I would have gladly accepted some sort of intimacy with her. However, I felt no sexual energy coming back my way. So I rolled over and tried to go to sleep. She asked, what's wrong? I said, I really don't want to talk about it. She repeated the question. I said, I know it's not your fault, but I was really looking forward to our date tonight. She said, you're so inconsiderate. It's always about the sex. You need to get a grip on it. I said that it's a need that I have. She stated in reply, it's not a need. It could be a want or a desire, but it's certainly not a need. And I replied with, I would certainly like to have sex once a week. She said to me that we need to find a more positive place to put that frustration. She said, do you realize how unempathetic you sounded? It's not your fault, but that really hurt me. I'm going to school full time, taking care of the house and the kids, and this is what I get. I told her I understand, and I still want to make some time for us. She stated that I just pushed that down inside of me, and you should too. This is why I'm angry. I just want to carve out once a week for sex. It doesn't need to be an all-evening affair. We discussed a 45-minute to an hour time frame. I'd rather it be longer, but that's beside the point. Don't tell me to push it down and ignore my desire. I'm just so tired of trying and then getting shot down all the time. I just feel like giving up on it. So we got a classic gridlock going on here. Yeah, that that just was painful to listen to um, and more painful for him to walk through. So it, it sounds like they had an agreement on something they do. And, then and I'm interested. Can't be quote unquote fulfilled. Yeah, and I, I'm interested in this because this is one of those things that so many couples across the time frames have tried to figure out a way to navigate their way around this dilemma. That's where the idea of scheduling sex comes in. Mm-hmm. That's where the idea of the sex coupons comes in. That's where the ideas of some of the games that are out there come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these different things to try to increase the likelihood that sex can happen. And we agree on stuff, but stuff gets in the way. I mean, like the, the segment right before. Mm-hmm. Life has a lot of pressures. And so there's a couple of different things that jump out to me in this is I am curious the parameters of which the agreement unfolded. What was going on when that happened? Was it just truly an agreement because she's just tired of talking about it and she's like, fine, I'll give into it? Because at that point, it's already doomed. Right, right. (laughs) Or was she totally saying, yeah, I want to do this? Right. Which that's what I'm curious about because the statement she made in there of, I can push it aside, why can't you? Which that's not apples to apples. Mm -mm. Right? It's it's easier for the lower desire spouse in a lot of ways because it's just not high up the hierarchy. Okay. Am I? I think you're making a generalization. I am making a broad assumption with that. Okay. But I'm just curious about the idea of his route of how he's going about this makes it, the way it's all worded, it is very, very sexual encounter focused. Even though he says... I would settle for other forms of intimacy with her. I'm curious what that actually would be. Gotcha. It get, you're saying so it doesn't to you it doesn't sound like it's desiring a connection. It's just lo- looking for a release. With That's her. what it sounds like. Okay. It, at least it's higher up the quadrant mm-hmm. of the percentage of what's going on. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, I, I I try to have, lately I've landed on 
Um, a lot of the different things that we desire or go after in life, um, I encapsulate a lot of that in a pie chart because it's not just pure one thing. No. Right? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of things. And need is in there. Desire for release is in there. Connection is in there. Novelty is in there. Uh, love, pleasure. Yeah. Deep profoundness. Yeah. All of those are in there. And it just sounds like the pie of need and the way he's framed it in his mind is incredibly high. Mm-hmm. And she's reading that, which makes it then, why? what do you need me for if that's all you're looking for? That's not appealing to her, possibly. Yeah. So okay. it's recognizing there's a dilemma that's at play. And so then it comes down to how do you address the moves each side are making better? Okay. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm tracking you. Okay. Because here's where I want to land. This is kind of what we've done in the, some of the extended content in the past where we do the mind mapping scripts okay. and the dialogue that goes on between people. And he rolls over to try to go to sleep. Okay. Was it just a regular, normal kind of a rollover? Or was it the rollover and a huff because I'm trying to also deliver a message with my rollover? This is what we do as people. That, and that's where it, it's... Con- you always bring back, how do you react, right? Mm-hmm. When you get rejected, how do you react? Because what you react is setting you up for the next time. It, it, plays, a fa- it plays a factor in it, absolutely. Right. If I pout, and it, granted, it's hard not to do when you feel like you're being rejected over and over and over and over. Okay, but I think, but, there, th- let me detour it real quick. Okay. Because I do believe when you get a rejection as the higher desire spouse, or even as a lower desire, when you get rejected... You can express disappointment without it being an attack. Sure. Right? It, without it being a, a, a you subtle... Are disappointed. Yes. A, that's the truth then. Yeah. That's the clean... You are reading my map correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. That's the difference versus I roll over and I send the message of I'm mad. Because I can even do that too of like, I'm mad about this. Mm-hmm. But do I treat you ill because of it yeah am i inappropriate because of it yeah that's a whole different connotation yeah with the messages so if you see it as he rolls over and so then that triggers something in her of what's wrong which is always so funny because she knows what's wrong couples know enough about (laughs) the dynamic that just unfolded so then you start getting into this struggle of okay i asked a question do you really want the answer? Right? Because that's where they both now have gone off the path of the old route that they go. Yeah. Of this is all you want. This it's inconsiderate. And she, he's like, but I just want to connect once a week. I just you know, and that's, we're back to the same banging the head against the wall. Yeah. And, and does she want a husband that doesn't want to connect with her? I, I, that's always a funny one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it, this they always it, there's always two sides to it, but right. So here's uh, am here's I a, getting mad because my husband wants to connect with me. Hmm. That's a fair point, but since she didn't email in, and I don't know if she's a listener, I don't want to go too far there. I want to go with the guy, okay. with the husband, okay. Because when he rolls over, that's sending a signal, and when mm-hmm. she says what's wrong, then it, then what's the cleaner answer? I'm disappointed with how everything went tonight. I feel like an agreement we have was 
totally back down. It didn't. On. It didn't happen. Yeah. And that's it. I don't have to. I'm not attacking. Yeah. I'm calling out the dynamic. And what we often do is we think that's either an attack, or I go far beyond that, which is an attack. Mm-hmm. Rather than seeing it as, no, I'm just calling out the elephant in the room. One of my mastermind groups, they've started. They've come up with. Um, the main gridlock thing that keeps coming up as we're talking. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys, I love it. He's actually named it. He's named the elephant in the room. They've given him a name. Okay. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I'm not going to say it on the air because I no. would give it away. No. But it's just, I started thinking of, okay, we've got a couple of different things. So when Harold shows up. Right. Dumbo's I'm, in the room. Here we go. That could work too. But it's like if if something went poorly in this scenario, and let's say this gridlock issue, the elephant in the room was named Harold, and they already had already been able to claim it as such. He rolls over and she's like, what's wrong? Harold made a presence and mm-hmm. I'm disappointed because mm-hmm. it didn't go the way I was hoping it would. Mm-hmm. That's a more mature integrity kind of a move. Because otherwise, I think we start trying to navigate and figure out how do I manipulate to get what I want or get my point across or whatever, rather than just call out cleaner what it is. Yeah. The fear in that is, for most people, I think, myself included, if I call out what it really is, what do I do then? How does the spouse respond? Again, it's go back to that one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the idea. Because I yep. think we get into this um, routine of troubleshooting and trying to think through every scenario that might happen in the future. Um, we borrow trouble trying to think of all those scenarios rather than just thinking, okay, this move is from integrity and here I am. I'm going to call out the elephant in the room mm-hmm. and I'm going to take the next best step right? based and, on that response. And part of the reason of having a cleaner response in that scenario is neither one of them are in the framework to really unpack it at that moment. It just happened. Okay. Right? We get too caught up in our emotions that are tied to things at that point. That's why most couples, when it comes to their sex life, when I talk to the couples when we first start working, they'll tell me, oh, we talk about it at times. Like, oh, when's that? When it goes poorly. Okay. You don't solve stuff then very well. (laughs) Then you're just creating more problems because your emotions are thrown out. Possibly. You got more collateral damage for sure. Yep. So it's recognizing... Cause that's what he was saying. I really didn't want to talk about it. So she, but she asked again, cause she did. Right. Because each person wants to claim their plight in the scenario as if yeah. one is higher or more important than the other. When in reality, there's no hierarchy here. Mm-hmm. Each person's plight is their plight and it matters. Yeah. So when you can call it out, then you follow it up with, I'm going to address my part in it better in the long run. That's how you use the pressure within you better. Mm-hmm. Because that pressure doesn't go away. That elephant stays around. But Harold can maybe be a little bit smaller. He can go on a diet <laughs> if we get better at addressing him. Yeah. And then maybe, well, he will have some friends come over eventually. Because <laughs> a different one's going to come in. <laughs> right. But Hopefully they're smaller. <laughs> and, and maybe they are like Dumble. They can fly. They can fly. They fly away <laughs> out of my house. Well, it feels like it's been a while since we've uh, sat down and done this. 
like a full show, you and I. And yeah, it, and yeah. It has we've been. had a lot of guests lately. And we got a whole lot more in the queue. It's been kind of fun interviewing people and yeah, lots of good information and having so. voices on the air again that are mm-hmm. beyond us and yep. and kind of getting out there with some of the different things that are going on in the marriage world. And mm-hmm. It's great to hear from people, and there's some fun ones coming up too. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing. I met a I met a researcher. It's Uh-oh. coming up in 2022. Uh-oh, that means Corey's geeking out. <laughs> she with might be my new best friend. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, if we left something undone um, with what we covered today, um, we want to know. We want you to let us know. 214-702-9565. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And if you weren't following along uh, in the first segment when my wife did the uh, sex ed quiz, she only missed three. What? So, I didn't think I missed that many. You did. Oh, man. But that was still All pretty right. good. Because some of those are like, how often do people just regularly think about those things? Well, obviously I don't. Well, <laughs> that's a whole nother rabbit trail to go down. <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, we are so grateful each and every week that you take a little bit of time to spend it with us. And we wish you all the best this holiday season. And hope to see you again next time.